are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here with you again on this Thursday edition, our weekly wink. Nick Winkler is my guest today. He will join me momentarily. I would like to invite everyone to tell a friend about Locked On 49ers. We are on all of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink. We've got some big news, some injury news hitting the 49ers now post-Monday night football. So let's bring on today's guest to get into everything going on with the 49ers. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, how are you, man? Flying high, I assume, after that big Monday night football domination of the Browns? Yeah, still uh, still waiting for my voice to fully come back. I uh, obviously screamed uh, just a little bit too loud. Um, and if you'll forgive me, if you hear weird sounds, I'm in the car driving home. Business, what is that getting in the way of my my personal life and my fun and my joy, but no, great time out at the game. Uh, my buddy who uh, who works for the Niners, Bennett, he, he hooked it up. He got us into the club section, so we got to hang out in there and uh, and watch the game. And dude, just just amazing. Right from the first play from scrimmage for the 49ers, place was just unbelievable. It was funny too because when we first got in there, you know, there was there was a good Cleveland Browns presence in the fans. You know, it was. You heard a lot of the woo, 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 you know, the, them calling to each other. And that, that wooing stopped real quick once that game started. <laughs> Probably right about the first possession from the 49ers, I'd imagine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, oh, now what? Now. And then that Sherman pick. Yeah. Just a, a great way to uh, to get things started. I mean, you, you hate the use check injury, but four to six weeks, that's definitely going to hurt the run game. But, you know, all in all, you got to love 4-0. All right, while you were doing some businessy type stuff, we're recording this after some news jumped out. I just I don't want to hit you with the news quite yet. I want to talk a little bit more about the atmosphere at Levi's Stadium. How was the atmosphere on Monday night? Was that like a home field advantage vibe there for the 49ers at Levi's? It was electric, man. I've been to Levi's four or five times now and that was a whole new level. It, it's there's something to be said for for watching a good football team. You know, a team that that you expect to win, you expect to play well because you've seen them do it, and and you're out there, and it's Monday night, and it was funny too because we were walking, and then you know it's about 20 minutes till kickoff, and we're walking, it's just jam packed full of people down getting their food and their beer before the game, and over the speakers you just hear dun 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 dun, dun, dun and everybody just goes nuts, man, just knowing it's Monday <laughs> night and everybody's watching, and that just that set the vibe. It, it was something else. So there is some news we have to get into here. You mentioned Kyle Juszczyk. That's officially a four- to six-week thing. A sprained knee for him, which is tough, and he has been fully unleashed in the OW category this season. And so it's tough to lose him. That's a big blow to the run game, but maybe even a bigger blow now to the run game. It has come out that Mike McGlinchey is going to miss four to six weeks. He's having his knee scoped. So we've got Daniel Brunskill, who's going to jump in and start at right tackle. We've already got Justin School in at left tackle. And still Joe Staley's about four to six weeks on his injury left. So we still have a full month now without Joe Staley at left tackle, without Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, and without Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. Nick, your thoughts? 
Oh man, that's brutal, buddy. Yeah, you just you are just hitting me with that. Um, whew, yeah, that's that's your two tackles gone just like that, and your fullback. Um, we may have to see a whole lot more uh, Garoppolo slinging it around the field. You know, they they went and brought Jordan Matthews back, so maybe that instead of bringing in another running back onto the active squad, maybe you do see an extra wide receiver suit up, and you start running some shotgun formations and this and that, because that's a big loss, man. That that sucks. So those topics have dominated my tweet that I sent out asking for mailbag questions. We'll see how many of those mailbag questions we get to today. Um, But I think we can just sort of cover all of those questions and all of those bases with the missing elements. I would have thought originally, so with use check out first, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, three wide or two tight ends. That's the next most common set that the 49ers are in. Two running backs, one tight end is the most common set that the 49ers have used. They use that, I think, more than anybody in the league. They use a fullback more than any team in the league. So it does hurt right. use checks out. So I was thinking, okay, maybe they'll go three wide a little bit more, spread things out. Jordan Matthews is a good slot receiver. you got Richie James out of the slot. Uh, Pettis or Debo could both play in the slot as well. Maybe they'll utilize that more against the Rams in week six. And now that Mike McGlinchey is also out, i got to believe that the heaviest formation we're going to see is two tight ends because you've got to help out in the blocking game. You've yeah. got to help out pass blocking. You've got to help out run blocking. And if you're going to be missing two offensive tackles, the best player that you could put out there, I think, to help would be Levine Toilolo, who is practically an offensive tackle himself, a block first tight end who's 6'8", 200, I think he's almost 280 pounds. So he's essentially your extra offensive tackle I would guess we're going to see a lot of Levine Toilolo in the game helping out either left or right tackles. And, of course, you could see a number of people line up at fullback. And the 49ers did, I think, work out maybe as many as seven fullbacks Wednesday and haven't signed any of them yet. There is Daniel Helm on the practice squad. I got a question about Tyree Mayfield. He was playing a lot of fullback in the preseason. He didn't make the practice squad for the 49ers. I'm not sure where he is, if he's on another practice squad or if he's still in the street. Uh, but the roster I'm looking at at 49ers.com does not have him on the practice squad. Uh, and I don't think I remember hearing him get signed anywhere. So maybe he's someone that could be brought in. Maybe he was one of the guys they brought in to look at. But really, I don't know if anybody can fill that role like check. So I think you have to just go with the players you have there. And it's not worth cutting somebody on your roster to bring up someone who's your backup fullback. And I would assume that your number three wide receiver or your number two tight end is a better player than what your backup fullback would be. Yeah, no, that's a great point. There's definitely no one that, that is Juszczyk. You know, he, he's kind of like that unicorn at the fullback position. So you, you definitely, you're not going to find a guy to do that. But maybe you see, you know, Jeff Wilson step into that role a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit more Mostert in that offensive weapon spot, you know, where he's actually playing a little bit of tight end or a little bit of, you know, a little bit of wide receiver. You, you you got to do something. You got to get creative. If there's somebody that I think can do that, it, it's Kyle Shanahan. You know, he's the type of guy that I, I'm sure he's he's already scheming and plotting and trying to figure out the best way to beat the Rams in LA next week and and doing it without a lot of his his core pieces there. You know, you you don't want either one of your tackles to be gone. But you, you said it. You know, you got to Alolo. He's a he's a huge tight end. You you put him out there. You protect your young tackles and. And hopefully your, your guys can still run well. And if they can't, then, you 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 know, you trust your your super expensive quarterback to get out there and, and sling it. He hasn't had to really do that very much this season. So uh, that's why you got him. 
you know, you got him to lead this football team, and, and now's when you find out what this team's made of. Every team goes through injuries. That's just a part of football. Mm-hmm. And, and and luckily, none of these, you know, are season ending at this point. All these guys are going to be back. So you try to, you know, hold down the fort and uh, and hope that, that when they return, you know, things haven't gone super south. And if Shanahan's trying to draw up some run plays that look pretty similar to what he's already been doing and needs someone to come in and play fullback, I would assume that would go to tight ends, Ross Dwelly or George Kittle. And George Kittle, athletically, is definitely a guy who can move around and do anything from anywhere. He could run all those routes that um, that Kyle Juszczyk has out of the backfield. So maybe you line That'd up. That'd be fun, huh? Right. So maybe you line up Toy Lolo at that Y spot, you know, as the inline tight end, let him block there. Then you have George Kittle doing the Juszczyk stuff on the move out of the backfield. He could lead block. I think Ross Dwelly could do some of those things on the move as well. So that is maybe how we'll see things and it'll be, you know, it'll be a two running back look. But and the 49ers already do so much motion and so much moving around that that player could take a lot of forms. So maybe it'll maybe they'll start up in the backfield and move out to the slot or maybe they'll start up as a as a wide tight end and then move back into uh, the backfield. And so there's a lot of things. I expect a lot of motion. It probably won't look that much different to the average fan that's watching the 49ers play. But the question is now, do you just bring in a fullback and try to do a lot of the same stuff? Or I got to believe it's going to be two tight ends, three wide receivers. And a fullback is, you know, that's like the last guy you would worry about losing in most offenses on most teams. And so I think the 49ers can get around that. I think the bigger worry is now being without both of your offensive tackles. And actually, we'll be back and we'll tackle some more of these ideas. This podcast is brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help get you to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Are you losing sleep at night over your unfiled tax returns or the large amount you owe the IRS or any other state tax agency? Does it feel like you're trapped and that these tax problems will never go away? Are you worried the IRS will garnish your bank account or your wages? Do you want to be free and put these tax problems behind you? Greg's Tax Service is your local tax resolution specialist. Greg's Tax Service has been in the business for over 25 years and is passionate about helping their clients resolve their tax issues and to get them all the deductions and credits they're entitled to when preparing their tax returns. Call or text Greg's Tax Service at 925-778-4871 to set up an appointment to find out the best options available to free you from your tax problems. Again, that's 925-778-4871. Call or text to set up an appointment. And if you qualify, they can help you settle with the IRS for less than the full amount you owe. Remember, Greg's Tax Service for all your tax needs. Greg's Tax Service is your local tax advocate standing up and defending the rights of taxpayers. Find them online at gregstaxservice.com. Whew. The 49ers did such a good job of masking those big losses last week, and they have the week three as well after losing Joe Staley. So Justin School has done a really admirable job at left tackle. He's had some help, but he's done pretty well. You know, he's a smart, tough guy. He had a lot of starts in the SEC in college, and that showed. Uh, but now we are going to lose the other offensive tackle. Daniel Brunskill is going to play right tackle, it looks like. I don't think there's anybody the 49ers that are going to bring in over the course of the next few days, it would be able to start over him on Sunday, minus a trade for Trent Williams or something like that. So that's what it's going to look like for the 49ers. Can they continue to mask that now that they've lost both offensive tackles? What's your worry level there, Nick? And and do you think that the 49ers should 
take a an even harder look at the trade market now? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. You know, you you didn't want to do it right away when Staley went down. Cause you're like, oh, it's only four to six weeks. He'll be back soon. But now it's like that timetable just got reset because now McGlinchey's going through that as well. And and you just hope that there's no setbacks or anything like that. So obviously, my my worry meter is is ridiculously high right now because this is a football team that's averaging over 200 rushing yards a game. And now you've lost your fullback and both of your tackles. So that. That, that's how they've been winning these football games. They've been pounding it out, and, and time of possession's been high, and, and, you know, hopefully you can continue to do that sort of thing. But, you know, you're going up against a Rams team that, that's got a pretty high-powered offense. So you might have to throw the ball quite a bit if you fall down early or, or if it just turns into one of those games. So the defense has been on point this season. I mean, you're talking about, you know, probably the second-best defense in all of football right now behind only the New England Patriots. And hopefully they can they can shut down the Rams' offense, and then you don't you know you can still run the ball, and and it becomes a low scoring game. I mean that's ideally how this thing goes down, is that you just you just shut down the Rams. You know, and other than that, oh man, it it definitely worries me that they might have to get into a shootout and protecting Jimmy G. And and yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta see what's out there. You gotta kick the tires on Troll Rams again. But now, you know, a few more games have gone by, so maybe the asking price has has gone down a little bit, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's it's not a great situation to be in. It, it's obviously better since they're four and zero, but you know you don't want to be here being one and three. Yeah. in this in this tough spot. But yeah, it, it definitely sucks. We talked a little bit about this with Brad Motter of Locked On Rams on the crossover episode yesterday. So it's a new season, right? All the preconceived notions about what the teams were going to look like in the preseason before the 2019 season actually kicked off is one thing, but now we've seen these teams. And if you were right. an alien from another planet or you were conked out in a coma for the last few years and you hadn't seen any of these teams play, you watched all five of the Rams games so far, all four of the 49ers games so far, you would have no choice but to believe that the 49ers are a better team right now. You saw them live at, on Monday Night Football. This is a different football team than the 2018 49ers. Yeah. Right? Like, that's completely clear. Yeah. Not only, you know, I mentioned the fans are there expecting the 49ers to win. The 49ers are expecting to win. You yes. can see it. You can feel it. You can just, the way they're, oh man, that defensive line is just freaking havoc. It's so much fun to watch. Just every time Baker Mayfield went back to throw, he just, he was pressured, you know, and that's just so great. And it, it hasn't just been against them. It's been against everybody they've played. They, they've been in the backfield disrupting things. And, you know, a healthy Nick Bosa, dang, that is something else. And, yeah, it, Right now, you'd have to say the 49ers are a better team than the Rams. And, yeah, it's early. You know, you're a quarter away through the season, and, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of football still left to be played. But, yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to think that going into L.A., that they, they've got to feel like they can win that football game, right? I think you laid out the, the scenario. So here's what's tough is the 49ers are without both offensive tackles and their fullback, which would have – help them run the ball better so that they could have a lead and not have to play from behind and worry about the pass rush getting by those offensive tackles and have to spread things out and throw the ball more. So it's a chicken or egg thing with the 49ers, and that's, I think, the whole key to this game now. Everything's changed to the point of, okay, it's not team versus team anymore. It's almost like don't get behind because that's the nightmare scenario for the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo to have to drop back and just chuck it all day with Aaron Donald coming through the middle and you've got your two young 
offensive tackles on the outside and you're missing both of your starters there. And really, Sean Coleman was supposed to be the number three guy. So now you're at tackle four and five coming into the right. season. That's not a good scenario. The 49ers can't be in come from behind mode because that could really turn out poor. And that's that's probably the nightmare scenario on Sunday. Yeah, but, you know, you did mention one good thing, and that's that, you know, Aaron Donald doesn't line up on the outside. So True. that's really nice. That he's, he's going up against, you know, three starters that have been there all year for the, for the 49ers. And, and, you know, hopefully they can slow him down. I, obviously that's asking a lot. He's one of the best football players in the NFL. But, you know, if you were going up against, you know, Denver this week or something, I might be a little bit more worried. You know, somebody with a dominant edge rusher. And I don't, I don't think the Rams have that guy. The 49ers, even without Joe Staley and the rookie Justin School in there at left tackle, they were playing like a top five offensive line. And so it, it, yeah. Weston Richburg being healthy is huge. He's He deserves a shout out. He's played really well for the 49ers after having zero training camp and zero preseason. Your guy, Lakin Tomlinson, he had the penalty. Yeah. But he also blocked two linebackers on the big breed to run. There was another a clip that's I saw going week. around on Twitter that's every where week. yeah he's had the penalty. He always has the penalty. He always has but the he's penalty. Not a bad football player. But yeah, he made up for it this week. He had a big yeah, block there, taking out two linebackers on the 83 yarder from Brita to set the tone. Then later in the game, I just saw some clips that I think you and I were both tagged in that showed that him great. just completely murdering a guy uh, that was <laughs> on the second <laughs> level. So Lakin Tomlinson's been playing well. Person's been playing well. The interior guys have been really good they've got a tough task with the with the Los Angeles Rams and obviously Aaron Donald there but the offensive line has played well that can they continue to keep that going now losing another offensive tackle is definitely something to monitor going forward here for the next four to six weeks um I want to go to Lawrence here on Twitter he says remember those Freeman and Coleman two-back sets with the Falcons could we start seeing that with our guys as a new wrinkle that Shanahan hasn't run with the 49ers uh, in the past game and the run game. I could see that for sure. Two back sets. This weekend, would, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Breida and Coleman yeah. get them on the field at the same time. I really miss, I was thinking about this the other day as I saw some old clips of old 49ers. I miss the old like pro set split back, right? Yeah. I love that formation. It's just something about it's so pretty and well orchestrated and it's it's a better pass formation than it is a run formation. But um, I could see some of that. I would love to see a two backs. I mean, and I think Kyle Shanahan will probably throw in some other wrinkles and he's got to get a little bit more creative just because if nothing else, he's forced to. Yeah. That pro set, that reminds me of playing NFL blitz. And I'd always be the 49ers. <laughs> they had Steve young and get, and he'd be dishing it out to Garrison Hurst. Oh man, that, that was dominant. You could not stop me. Yeah. I love that set. Uh, I, I think of the old, I just think of Brett Jones and I think of Tom Rathman and Roger Craig. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, Taking me I back. I probably love won't see much of that split back set, but I don't know why yeah, that popped in my head. Talking about that, I, I, I don't know if you saw the picture. I got to meet Tim Harris. He was out there walking around that club level, too, with his Super Bowl ring. I did see that. Did you recognize him, or did someone was like, hey, that's Tim Harris over there? No, no I, I I didn't even see him at first. I just heard Tim Harris, and then you turn around, and you're like, oh, that's obviously Tim Harris, you know, the, <laughs> the really big guy right over there. Like that's, that's clearly him. And so, yeah, no, I went up to him and said hello and shook his hand. The guy his hand is probably two of my hands. Like it, it disappeared. It was like shaking hands with a bear. That's a common thread with NFL players. Yeah. They, big hands. Even the small guys have massive hands. Like, you know, like uh, Russell Wilson has giant hands to hold the, hold the football, even though he's only five ten. That's very common. And I think that's a reason why they look for that. And they, they measure that thing at the, at the combine. It's, it's for right. some reason, long arms, big hands helps you play football. Yeah, super nice guy. Very, yeah, just just awesome. Hung out with him for a bit, talked football. It was, 
Hard not to love that. <laughs> Here's one from Eric. Uh, that, I don't know if this is I should feel offended by this or not. He says, was you living in San Francisco the reason the 49ers struggled the last few years and now that you're out of the area, Ouch. they're winning again? Love the pod, sir. Thank you, Eric, <laughs> for the love and for the question. Clearly, that's, the, that's it. Hold on, though. What, wait, when did you move out of San Francisco? Three and a half years ago. Okay, so they so you left. They started to stink. That's true. I left. They started not, getting good again. So here's what I think. This is sort of like oh, the dark side and the light side of the force. There needs to be balance in the force. When we right, were both so we in the both city together, to they were good. And then now that we're both out, the 49ers are good again. Right? I think we've solved it. Yeah, yeah I think that's so we, exactly neither what one of us can move back unless we both move back. I like it. We can have like a little perfect right. strangers thing going on. Move back into San Francisco, get an apartment. And get into all kind of Belky. zany hijinks. What's that? I call Balky. I'm Balky. <laughs> everybody knows I'm Balky and your cousin Larry. You are no definitely way. cousin I Larry. Called it. No, no way. <laughs> you can't call that. That's you're born. You're born Balky. You, you can't. Yeah. You can't teach Balky. Dang it! You're bright. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Let's go to Adam. He says Bosa has been as advertised. I initially thought 10-plus sack season was too high an expectation to have for a rookie before the season started. Now I wonder if he can get to 15, 18, 20. What do you think he's capable of Capable of now that we've seen him for four games? If he stays healthy, the sky's the limit. Yeah, he's already on pace to have 15 sacks. and he's, he's, this guy. He's, it, it's hard to believe he's a rookie. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, he plays like he's not a rookie. He's so, huge and that was too. one of the reasons I liked him is like, look, this guy's going to be ready to play week 1. So, if yeah. he if he stays healthy all year, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's 15 plus in the sack department. And he's even had some sacks that should have been sacks that he didn't get credited for so far this season. And he wasn't playing a full role. He was a complimentary player the first 3 games. We saw an every down healthy Nick Bosa for the first time Monday night, and that was scary good that was that was like wow look watch out league watch out jared goff what well that's just it too because you know teams are going to start having a game plan for him so that's just going to open things up for everybody else too so maybe he won't get to eat as much but you know as long as as you know armstead's out there playing at the level he's playing at buckner's still doing his thing and you know just the whole d line in general like i could sit here and name six guys that have been out there just dominating so Man, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Just gotta you know, you just hope that they stay healthy because that's really the key to this whole thing. All right, more mailbag coming up. There's a few questions about wide receivers, and I think we should get into that next. This episode is brought to you in part by Greg's Tax Service. Honest and straightforward, Greg's Tax Service has been in the business for 25 years. They can help with any number of tax problems, including unfiled returns, back taxes, IRS collection, and audit representation. Find out more at gregstaxservice.com. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Put that knowledge to use. If you're listening to this show, you're obviously a well-informed football fan. Make yourself a little cash with my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, 
You'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. One thing, real quick, about Nick Bosa. We ended the last segment talking about Bosa, how's how good he's looked, and he might start getting some help and more double teams. We already saw some double teams and he was still beating those against the Browns. He is going to be, if he's continues to rush from the right end, which he mostly has been, he'll see the best offensive lineman from the Rams and the veteran in Andrew Whitworth. That should be a good battle, but I like your point you made. Maybe everyone else is going to eat a little bit more against the Rams and it won't be as much a Bosa, but I, I think he still, uh, Whitworth is not playing as well as he has, and the rest of the Rams line has been just straight-up bad, both run and pass blocking. So that's still a matchup I really, really like for the 49ers. But um, wide receivers, I think we should talk about wide receivers. Travis has a question. What does the future hold for Dante Pettis? There was another question about Pettis that I lost. It was in here somewhere, so sorry for not calling you out. But there's there's a little bit of worry about Pettis. Uh, Debo Samuel did not get the start. It was Pettis last week again for the second week in a row. They each had one catch. They each had a a bad drop. Marquise Goodwin was the leading wide receiver with three catches. Uh, It's still in the passing game. It's all George Kittle and then just a sprinkling of wide receivers. If the 49ers are going to go really far, you've got to have some more production from your wide receivers, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, I'm still waiting for Jalen Hurd to get back from this back injury. Hopefully that that can kind of spark things. like to see a little bit more Richie James sprinkled in there. You know, he, he's a he's an exciting playmaker. So, yeah, if these guys can't get it done, you know, Kyle's going to have to start getting a little bit more creative, right? I mean, it's it's easy, though, to hide this problem when you're rushing for 200 yards. So the problem now is that both your tackles are down. So maybe this is the week where those, those guys really got to step up. Maybe we see more Kendrick Bourne. You know, maybe, maybe we are seeing three and four wide receiver sets out there. I, I don't know. But I, I'm excited to, to see what's going to happen. I, I'm worried about Pettis. You know, it's – and it, it, I saw a tweet that he put out too, and it was something like – some long lines of, you know, everybody's worried about a drop. We won. Like, drop it. It's like, no, you don't drop it. Or, you know, like, you dropped it. That's the problem. You know, it's <laughs> like we, we're not just going to let that go, dude. You, you know, it was a big drop. It could have been a touchdown. You know, it's, it's like you're a receiver. That's your job. Catch the ball. You know what's weird is that's the one thing that I'm not worried about with Dante Pettis is drops. He's got pure hands. I like his hands. I like his ability to separate. A lot's been talked about with, you know, doesn't play with enough urgency, and he's sort of a finesse guy. But the one thing that I've actually been worried about with Dante Pettis, the dude had like nine return touchdowns in college at the University of Washington. I haven't seen right. a dynamic runner after the catch. I've seen much more no. after the catch from Debo Samuel, Richie James. I haven't seen that from Dante Pettis at the NFL level. Not as a punt returner, not after the catch as a receiver, like not even really once. I haven't seen him just break out no. and be like, okay, this guy's got something after the catch, which is surprising because that was supposed to be one of his major strengths. And I just haven't seen it. And I haven't seen him like run away from people either. Like a top speed, he's he's really loose and he's a good athlete and he can get open and he can catch the ball. But there's something a little bit missing there, and it's it's hard to put your finger on, but the total package is just it's not adding up yet for Dante Pettis. And my worry level is maybe a little bit higher than it was in the offseason when, you know, people were talking about and even his own coach was like, Yeah, I want to see more from him. I want to see him step up. I want to see a little bit more urgency. I was like, Yeah, whatever, young player, second year guy. 
the more you see him play, he's not impacting the game enough. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't have that drive, that killer instinct, you know, that these these elite receivers or even just these top-tier receivers have, that they they need to get that ball and they need to take it into the end zone, whatever whatever happens, you know. Like, no matter what, I'm going to go get that ball. No matter what, I'm going to dive for the end zone. I'm going to, you know, lower my head and try to get in there, whereas he's more like, I caught it, I see a guy, I'm going to go down. On that same line of thinking, this from JKXO, he says, our young guys look good, okay, but we're still lacking a wide receiver one. Should we make no a doubt. trade for AJ Green or maybe even OBJ? Oh, I'll start the OBJ thing. That's already that ship sailed. 49ers That's aren't trading no. for Odell Beckham. AJ Green, what are your thoughts there, Nick? Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't give up too much, because he's not exactly young and he's very injury prone. But I mean, that is you're talking about an elite wide receiver right there. You're talking about a guy that will go up and get it, that will, you know, dive for the end zone. That that could be that could be huge. I mean, I, I would not be opposed to that as long as you didn't, you know, give away the farm. Cost is the obvious question there. And yeah. I would have no, I mean, AJ Green would be a great fit for the 49ers right now. Sure. And I don't know what the cost would be. It doesn't seem like the Bengals are the type of team that wants to go into sell mode, even though they're awful and they're 0-5 and they should be going into <laughs> sell mode. Right. AJ Green would, I mean, but here's the thing. he He's the perfect trade target I think if you're looking for a wide receiver because he shouldn't cost a lot but I just don't think you're going to get him for what the price should be for a guy who you're renting for basically a few games you know a third round pick makes sense that's what they would get for him if he signs as a free agent with another team as a comp pick they would get a future one so you would give him that pick earlier which should be more valuable and a little bit mm-hmm. higher because the comp picks are at the end of the third round. So a third round pick makes right. sense to me. I don't know, maybe a third and a player or third and some, you know, another late pick or something like that. But if you're talking like first, second round pick, you know, 49ers don't have a second this year. A rental player, you just can't do a lot. So if if the Bengals would be willing to take a third with maybe some sweetener, I'm all in. But uh, I saw, I think it was Bill Barnwell of ESPN put out some fake trades and he was like, okay, here's one for the 49ers and Bengals for A.J. Green. 49ers give up a first and something else. I can't remember what the other pick was, but no. but but the Bengals give back a second. So that's a very early oh. second round pick and a late, hopefully, first round pick, you know, that those picks could be those picks could literally be one pick apart. Uh, right. Or they could be, you know, ten picks apart or fifteen picks. But getting back a second, giving up a first, I mean, it's hard to give up firsts for me, but I, I get where he's going with that. But then if you're thinking, okay, well, what's the point? difference there what's the actual value you're giving up it's like just give the third and don't worry about the weird first and and trading picks back and forth I don't know but it's just an interesting idea that I saw out there from someone who writes for a big publication right that's trying to get some clicks which I, yes. I, which I get you know and then that's that's all it is is speculation and then you know when you said first my you know I said no exactly when I first you, saw that I saw it too and I I, I woke up right. in the morning and it was an article and people were already tweeting about it and I was like first nope that's a big no. Click that off. And it's like, wait, okay, get, get back a second. Okay, that, I get where that's going because the, yeah, you know, it's not that. Yeah, a lot that. more interesting. Right. In a game like this this week, it might be a little reverse sort of game plan for the 49ers on offense where they need to throw for points early so they can run the ball later rather than trying to run the ball early and potentially get behind to where they're forced to pass, if that makes any sense. That makes complete sense. Yeah, you, you put some points up on the board. And then, yeah, then you just control the clock the rest of the way. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan's thinking is, you know, like he'll come out in a, a two tight end set 
you know, with, with a couple receivers in tight and all of a sudden play action, boom, you know, you hit Goodwin deep. You know, and it's like, oh, I see everybody was expecting us to run, but we came out and did this. <laughs> right. Okay. We're out of time here, Nick. Got to go. What do you think? 5-0? and Yeah, I think you can go into L.A. and you can beat that team. They are, they are very beatable right now, and, and if this defense keeps playing at this level, they can beat anybody in the league. I, I like 5-0. and 5-0, and 49ers. There's balance again in the force. Talk to you guys tomorrow, and I'll break it all down next week again with Nick Winkler right here, Locked on 49ers. See you.